If you're not getting three to five transactions every single month from social media, you're just missing something. You're doing something wrong and you need a playbook. It's almost like you need a cheat code. So I'm introducing my new online course called Cheat Code Social. And I'm right now I'm doing the pre-launch. For those that want to get in early at a significantly discounted price, you can do that right now at CheatCodeSocial.com that has all the details about what's included. This is every single thing that you need to start from scratch all the way to AI automation that teaches you what to do and how to do it to get business from social media, not just to get more views, but to get actual business. You need Cheat Code Social. Go to CheatCodeSocial.com to check out the pre-launch. So what if as a listing agent, you got someone to land a helicopter on the roof of your listing? Would that get you more business? Well, this week's guest, Paige Steckling, did exactly that. And yes, she got business, but she also got a lot of negative press in the news and from neighbors. We talk about that and how she's grown such a big business and how she's transitioned into the luxury space from starting with just a couple viral videos a year or two ago. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 320 of the Massive Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin Brome. Super, super excited for today's episode. We have Utah Real Estate Page on the show again, back for the second time. She's going to tell us how she did a listing video recently where she got the muscle to land his helicopter on the roof of one of her listings, did a video, made the news, caused all sorts of uh, heartburn with the neighbors, as you could probably imagine. Uh, but that's just one of the many creative videos that she's done lately. But Paige is doing something really cool. She's not just doing some clever videos. She's not just going viral just for the sake of going viral. She's now making moves and building an actual business. She's She's hiring, she's putting systems in place, and we talk about exactly which systems and how she's hiring, the mistakes she's made, what she's done right, so that you can start to build a real estate business for yourself, not just get views. Getting views is great, but it's just part of the picture. Would you rather have views or would you rather have closings? I think if you had to pick one or the other, you'd pick closings. Now, you can have both and you should. Utah Real Estate Page, Paige Steckling is an expert on how to do exactly that. So super excited for the show today. If you are new to the show, welcome. My name is Dustin Brome, your host here in Salt Lake City, Utah. And this week, um, I already told you about this week's episode. Yeah, Paige is on the show. Yeah, that's all. Uh, before we get started, guys, Keeping Current Matters is the tool that you really need in your real estate tool belt because being an advisor, like having information, but not just information, right? Information by itself is kind of worthless because Otherwise, every librarian on the planet would be wealthy. Information is completely worthless unless you know what it means, right? That's exactly what Keeping Current Matters does for real estate agents. Go to trykcm.com slash BAM and check out the Keeping Current Matters platform. They have a ton of economists and what else, what else would I call them? Yeah, they're economists, housing experts, number crunchers, nerdy people uh, who 
they dissect all of the real estate data, interest rates and trends and demographics and this, that, and the other stuff that'll make our eyes bleed. They tell you exactly what it means and then what it means to your buyers, to your sellers, to your investor clients, to your renters. If you service renters, you know what I mean? I mean, some of you do like some of the, here's what's crazy. I'm in Salt Lake city. We don't really like we can help a renter, but there's not really commission in it. Uh, maybe a, here or there, but in like Chicago, in New York, like so, some of the, some of the commissions that lease agents are getting for helping people rent a property is crazy. Like it's amazing. So let's not shit on, on rental leads. Cause I mean, they can be very profitable for some in the, anyways, I'm going down a rabbit hole that I don't want to be in. Uh, <laughs> but try kcm.com slash bam. They are the tool you need in your tool belt to become the trusted real estate advisor. If you just help someone learn something and make better decisions, they'll be indebted to you. They'll want to use you. They'll want more of you and they'll refer you. Try kcm.com slash bam. And this year, more than ever before, I don't even know if I can make this claim. All right. I'm, I'm checking myself as I, I was about to say something stupid. All right. It is so important in today's world that you stay connected with agents and like-minded people who are just winning at a higher level than you are, because it's so easy to get bogged down by all the highlight reels on social media, seeing this agent still doing this, this agent just sold all these houses. You listen to the page talk today. You're like, she's selling, you know, $3 million houses, blah, 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 blah. And you think, well, I suck. I'm just not doing very well because you're comparing yourself with others. Well, guess what? There's others who have been where you're at that just have taken another step or two. And if you get in the same community as them, you get in the same room with them, they will help you to take the steps that they took. But you've got to get in the same room. That room is called BAMX. Go over to nowbam.com and, and check out the BAMX community, an incredible community of like-minded agents all around the country. They have online courses. They have a ton of tutorials and education. It's, it's a community that, uh, for how damn cheap it is. Um, it's one of those tools that you really need in your tool belt. Go to nowbam.com and check out BAMX. Uh, let's jump into the show today with Utah real estate page, Paige Steckling. What an amazing, I'm going to say something stupid again. What an amazing rise to fame she's had. What I mean is that she's built this amazing brand page. I apologize. It's a stupid thing to say. She's built this amazing brand. She's very well known in the industry now. She's she's been on a ton of shows like the walkthrough, a bunch of podcasts because she's she started with viral videos and then built a big brand and a big business and she's selling a ton of homes with a ton of credibility as a result and that's the journey she's going to talk about today. Let's go. What's up guys? I'm here with Paige Steckling or as you probably know her from Instagram and TikTok, Utah Real Estate Page, back on the Massive Agent podcast a second time. Paige, welcome back. How's it going? Going great. Thank you for having me back. We talked about before. I was uh, you were my first podcast that I ever did. So thank you for putting me on the map. And uh, <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, well, it's good to have you back. What's and I told you this before. The, the reason that I wanted to have you back back when you were on the show the first time, it was right after you had a couple viral videos. Like you had one where you spun around in the chair to a, a Doctor Evil or maybe it was Austin Powers. How about no sound? Like, I, I just remember that, that with you. Uh, cause I think that was the, your first video that I ever saw and you had another one or two, but like you kind of exploded with this audience. 
But what you've done since then and built a brand and built a business and you've transitioned into becoming one of the top, if not the top, or definitely the most well-known luxury luxury agent in the state pretty quick, uh, like you've done all that from the popularity, if you will, the you know, the eyeballs that you had from those videos. And and so I wanted to really highlight what you've done since because you know, we see agents all the time. They get a few videos that go big and then they just kind of fizzle out because they don't build a business on top of it. So how first off, how do you feel hearing that? Like is that is that weird or is it just like, hell yeah, of course I did. Um, well, I had a plan initially when I started doing these reels, not many people were doing real estate related reels at the time. And I was doing the lip syncing one and just making them have to do with real estate. I was doing the pointing ones, just doing real estate tips. And my initial goal was how can I get my message out? How can I add value to people? Um, the most amount of people possible without making my calls and bugging people. How can I be the most efficient in adding value and getting my message out there and staying top of mind with my SOI? So that was my initial goal when making these um, little fun reels that I was doing and it worked. So people were seeing me, they were seeing my face almost every single day. And I started initially just getting more business from my SOI without calling them and bugging them because they would think of me when they thought of real estate. And then once I did start getting business um, from people calling me because they were seeing me active on social media every single day, then I went all in on selling homes and finding the right buyers, making their homes look amazing, getting them the max amount of profit, showing what I was doing and showing my level of service. And then it just snowballed from there because um, I started getting better and better listings. Um, I started doing just every single thing that I could um, when getting these deals. I didn't just get a deal. and I'm like, oh, great. On to the next. So I'll keep doing these you know, real estate education reels and just keep getting more. I took really good care of every single client that did come from social and um, really portrayed my level of service. And now I'm kind of known as um, the agent who's going to go all out selling your listing, who has the clientele to sell these higher priced homes. And um, so I really just try to take advantage. And now I'm really going all in on my clients and selling these homes and getting deals that way. So you weren't just relying on the viral, like, you know, getting millions of views, you, you saw that as like, okay, now I have to knock it out of the park for these clients so that I can get future business from them. I can get referred by them. Has it played out like that? Like, are you getting a lot of your business from referral as well? Yes, I get all of my business from referral. So I would say, um, some of my lower price stuff, I still get straight from social media, but the expensive homes that I do are almost all referrals. I think if you have a $2 million plus home, you're probably not going to find your agent on social media. You're going to get a referral from somebody else, you know, that has sold their expensive home. But then my social media acts as like credibility. So then they'll go check me out on there and they'll see, okay, she does sell these higher price homes. She knows what she's doing, but they're not necessarily finding me on there. It's just adding credibility. I'd say. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So since you first started those, those viral, you know, skit, like, you know, the lip syncing, funny videos, uh, like you've switched it up, right? Cause I see you do a lot of listing walkthroughs where, where you're like highlighting the, you're highlighting the property, highlighting the views off the back porch and, and all of that. Is that what you're doing exclusively or do you just kind of mix and match or how would you describe your approach to video marketing now? So I mix and match for a while. I was doing only that because I had so many listings that 
um, all of my time was going to coming up with, okay, how can I put myself in the buyer's shoes for this particular listing? What would they want? What would sell them on this home? And coming up with an awesome video that would make the home go viral, get the most eyeballs on the home and um, would essentially help sell the listing. And so I was so focused on that and coming up with cool ideas for all of my listings that I didn't really have the time to put into the educational content. And so I've been thinking like, crap, I've got to go back to, cause you still have to have educational content on your social media because nobody wants to only see you selling your homes. Even though it's not a just sold or just listed post, people are going to get sick of that if that's all they're seeing. Um, and so now I've been trying to, I have a whole list on my phone of, uh, it's literally just titled reels to make. And, um, I am trying to go back to like, I just did one of the best places to live in Utah. It was just a green screen on an article that went over the nine best places to live in Utah. And I'm trying to go back to tips for living in Utah, um, cool things to do in Utah, just like fun facts people would want to know because that's my target audience. And um, so I'm trying to focus on, okay, if I was not an agent, just living here in Utah, what would I want to follow? Like, I would want to know what's going on this weekend or little things you may not think about when living here. And um, so I'm trying to add back in more of that content, especially now that we're in kind of the slow season. And, um, you know, I've got a little bit more time to do that. So you've really have done a good job with, with the variety that, that video, like the nine best places to live in Utah. I remember that one because I remember getting personally offended <laughs> that holiday and Sandy were not included on this list. And Saratoga Springs was, I'm like, what, like, who are these people voting on this thing? Like it, it was, but it shows what a great piece that was. Cause everyone's putting their opinion in there. Right. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, am sure that was a very high engagement post that you did. It was. And I was worried I was going to offend a lot of people, but, um, <laughs> like me, yeah. yes, but that's good because then you get people in the comments being like, Oh, how is this on there? And, or like, Oh, you don't like Eagle mountain or, and I've sold homes in Eagle mountain. It's great. So I was like, are my clients going to get offended that I'm saying it shouldn't be in the top five, <laughs> but you have to have some controversy. Otherwise you're just going to be boring and nobody's going to want to watch your stuff, you know? Right. And you didn't take a stand on any of it. You just said, here's the list. I tried you know, to be neutral. Like yeah. 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 You were just providing the platform for people to argue and bicker and get offended, which is genius when you're trying to get engagement on your posts. Um, you could also, I've heard, get your friends to land helicopters on the roofs of your listings. I've heard that works pretty well, Paige. That works really well for getting eyeballs on your house. A little bit too well for me because um, we initially just wanted to do it as a stunt to show that this amazing house we had listed had a helicopter pad on the roof, but the neighbors were not happy. They called the news, they had like an emergency meeting and put an ordinance in place that you couldn't land helicopters. So it ended up getting tons of eyeballs on the house. So that was great. Um, but also a little controversial. People were saying like, oh, these rich people just not caring about the neighbors landing a helicopter on the house. And people were fighting again in the comments. But um, overall, I think it ended up being good in uh, getting exposure for the listing. So. Oh, for sure. I, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, when I saw the news was picking up the story. So, so Paige had the muscle land his helicopter on the roof of one of her listings in, in, uh, Harriman, Utah, right? It was in Harriman, it's kind of up on the mountain. Um, <laughs> first off, what did the sellers think? Like they were probably ecstatic over all this, weren't they? Well, they loved it. So when I initially, as soon as we got the listing, we had it signed, um, he had seen some of my listing videos and we were both on the same page because, um, he, he um, built the FAA approved helicopter pad on the roof. And so 
I was like, that would be so awesome if for the listing video, we could have somebody land the helicopter on the pad. And he actually is the one that had the connection to the muscle. And so he's, okay. he did a group text with all of us. And I was like, oh my gosh, this would be so epic if he could actually come in, see the house for himself and land his helicopter on there. And it ended up working out perfectly. And we were on the same page. So um, yeah, the seller and me both wanted to make sure that happened for the video. With, so with all of that, seemingly negative publicity from the news and, and whatnot. Did, did it feel negative to you or was it, or was it all a win? Um, for me, it was all a win. Um, maybe a little bit of negativity from people who, you know, thought we were obnoxious and weren't concerned for the neighbors. And, but it was mainly the neighbors were concerned that somebody was going to buy the house with a helicopter. And that was going to be a daily occurrence with them coming back and forth. So once they realized when we said on the news that this was just to show that you could do that if you wanted to, I think they calmed down a little bit and it ended up being fine. That's awesome. Well, that it's a great example of the thought that you put into your listing videos. So you get the majority, all you said, all of your business from referrals. How do your videos play into that? Well, I would say... Um, my big listings I get from referrals now, because uh, if you have a $2 million plus home to sell, you're probably not going to find your agent on social media. So those I, you know, just do a really good job and um, they end up talking to their friends. And most of my bigger listings I get from referrals from other deals or just people I know that see what I'm doing. But then my Instagram account acts as credibility. So then they'll go on, check out what I'm doing, see that I actually have these caliber of listings that I'm selling and I have the clientele that I can, you know, that can help get their listings sold. Um, so I think it just acts as credibility at this point. But I do still get deals from my social media. Like I'll have people DMing me, hey, I'm, I'm looking for an agent. I want to buy or I want to sell. And um, so I do still get business from there. But I'd say my bigger priced ones are mainly from, referrals and um but it, the videos help because a lot of times um they'll send my videos to their friends be like oh look at this girl like look at the type of stuff she does to sell her listings and they like it then they'll check me out look at my website look at my social media and then they'll call me so it's a great reminder that when you do an awesome job marketing as a listing agent whether it's killer open houses or killer listing videos you're auditioning for future business, right? It's not just to sell that particular house. You're auditioning for others who want that treatment done to their, for their listing as well. So when you get some of these referrals, are they mentioning like, Hey, we want you to do a video like that one, or we really like this. We, we want you to highlight our, our home in, in the same way. Are you, are you getting that a lot? Yeah. A lot of times they just completely trust me and they're ready to go right off the bat. They're like, We've seen what you can do. Just do your thing. And um, I tell them my specialty is getting eyeballs on your house, making it look amazing to your ideal buyer. Like I'm going to go through the house. I'm going to spend time on what exactly is going to sell this home. Who is the ideal buyer? And then we're going to create a video around that. And so sometimes if I have a video that's a little bit different, like I did a couple Barbie ones, um, I'll run it by them first. I'll be like, okay, I have this idea. It's a little bit different. Are you okay if I if I have fun with it, or do you want more of just like a really cool intro highlighting the value? We're still going to make the video awesome, but I'll get their permission. I, if I have an idea that's a little bit different ahead of time, but usually they're like, yeah, do your thing. We trust you. We've seen what you can do. And, um, they just let me go all in. And I will say too, the video isn't the only thing that gets me business. Like when I get a big deal, 
I go all in on bringing an interior designer through, getting it staged perfectly. I had one um, three and a half million dollar listing where I had the whole house staged. I came in, I didn't love it. And the seller was like, yeah, I wasn't really going to say anything, but I don't love, you know, what she did either. And so I, we had everything, we got everything out. Um, I set up, you know, uh, a new stager to come in and I told her exactly what we wanted. And so I'm very invested. I'm talking to them every single day, getting the house ready, looking perfect. Um, very invested in my marketing. Who are we targeting with these video ads? And so they see how much work I put into it. I don't just get the house, make a viral video to get attention on Instagram, and then I'm gone. I'm all in in every aspect. The videos and the social media marketing are just kind of the sprinkling on top, but those are used as targeted ads across every social media website, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And um, you were doing a lot of stuff on the back end, not just like making a fun video to look cool on Instagram. Like I'm actually going all in to get their home sold. And so that's where I think I get the referrals and people are like, okay, she's not just like this real estate influencer trying to look cool. Like she works her ass off to go all in to make sure my home gets sold. Well, talk more a little bit about that because you're right. That's stuff that when people watch their videos, they don't see any of that, right? This is the, but your clients do. Your your clients see and feel and are participating in this high level of service. So like the staging and all of that, like what else are you doing when you get a new listing? Like what's part of your marketing plan behind the scenes to get that thing ready to go? So we do everything from um, email marketing. Now we have a whole list of clients uh, categorized by price range and area that they're looking in that we'll market to. We'll send it specifically to certain clients. Like literally we're personally reaching out, everybody on our team, sending it to specific people who it would be good for. We're doing email campaigns, mailers. We're on the phone selling it. And then we're doing targeted ads as well, like to different areas. Um, Sometimes we'll target certain homes like around the private airports and um, we're getting just super specific on the ads that we, we run. So uh, we really different, differentiate ourselves, not only with the video and the views we're getting on it naturally because of our following, but also what we're doing to run it as an ad. And um, the sellers just love that because you need all the attention that you can get in this market. So <laughs> absolutely. Uh, are you guys doing the ads yourselves? Do you have an agency? Do you outsource that at all? Or We're doing them ourselves. Do do so initially nice. I just like watched YouTube videos on how to run a YouTube ad, you know, like literally YouTube ads for dummies or Facebook ads for dummies. And um, now I have an admin who's on salary who helps with um, creating those. And I do have an ad guy that I'll use as well. Um, sometimes I'll just be like, Hey, run this as an ad. You know, we want to target this audience. Uh, we want, but I'll tell them how specific we want to get. Um, but I also know how to do it myself just because, you know, I'm a control freak and, uh, I want to make sure that it gets done right. So nice. Well, that, I think a lot of, there's a lot of agents think that they just can't do it themselves, which of course you can. It's a, you know, should you is the question, right? And it, but then they think they have to have this budget of you know ten or twenty thousand dollars to to hire an agency to do all these ads for them. Like it doesn't have to be like that. And so on on your average listing, like give us an idea of you know what you would spend on ads for the average house that you sell. You know what what. For anyone who's who's like okay, I really need to level up my game. I really want to start moving into the luxury world or at least, you know, the higher part of the market, 
give us some numbers here. Like what should agents plan on putting into these listing packages that you do? So on every listing, even our lower price ones, we're into each one about $5,000 minimum. And if you're selling a $5 million house, like you have to spend money up front. Like you have to, so if you don't have, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, like you probably don't have any business marketing a $5 million listing because you can't just take the photos and post them on the MLS. You have to be running ads. You have to be spending the money because the client's going to be like, wait, why am I paying you this much money? You know, like you're spending a thousand bucks on photos and that's it. And you're making a hundred thousand dollars. Like, how does that make sense? You know? So I would say just upping your spend a little bit on the listings that you do have and um, telling the sellers what you're doing. Um, because yeah, we're into each listing about $5,000. And uh, if the listing doesn't sell, we're just out that money. And, but luckily we have enough business now that, you know, we're covered and we're good because we're selling homes. We're good at what we do. Um, but yeah, we're spending a lot of money up front and the sellers like that we have skin in the game. They're like, okay, you're on my team. You want to get this home sold just as badly as I do. I know you're going to be all in like doing everything you can to get it sold because you've spent money up front and, um, you know, we're both on the same team. So it really helps in, in that regard. That's a great point. That's a, yeah, that's a really great point. So to that end, with all of this over the last six months to a year with, with these class action lawsuits, with, with the commission discussion, uh, with the sentiment that a lot of consumers have uh, towards how we get paid, what we get paid, all that good stuff. Have you seen much of that? Have you had exposure to that? Have you ha been getting more objections from people? And if so, how are, how are you dealing with it? How are you overcoming it? I haven't had a ton of pushback on um, the realtor lawsuit stuff. I've had some questions, like some clients have been like, are you worried about all these lawsuits and what's happening? And I'm like, no, I'm not worried at all. Because uh, I think, I mean, this is just my opinion, but I think worst case scenario, it might just be you hire an agent to sell your house and then it's completely separate. You end up paying uh, the buyer's agent a separate fee. It's like the same as if you're asking for closing costs, you're like rolling your commission into the loan with a buyer's agent. And if you're a good buyer's agent, you're going to sell your value up front on um, what you can do to find them the right home, to represent them, how important it is. And so your clients should be happy um, you getting paid a part of the sale. I think it will still come from the seller because most buyers aren't going to pay in cash their own agent on top of all the other fees they have to pay. But like we took a buyer out this weekend and we're, we're getting really specific in what they want. And we showed them like four or five off market listings that aren't even on the market yet because of the connections we have with other agents, because of the research we did. Um, I personally texted a bunch of agents that I know have good stuff. Um, possibly have good stuff upcoming that have good off market deals. I did a post on my social media asking for off-market deals, um, got a couple leads that way. And so if you have a good agent, you're absolutely going to pay them to represent you on the buyer side. And if you have to ask for their commission to be paid by the seller as part of the offer, I think if you're doing your job, they'll have no problem with that. Um, so I'm not worried about it. I think if you're able to sell your value and you're confident in what you're doing, you know, people need us. So I have people calling me, please, my agent isn't doing anything. My, my listing expires, you know, at this date, can you please help me? And, um, especially in this market, people need help. So, um, yeah, I haven't gotten a lot of pushback, but just questions. It, it would have surprised me if you did, because it, it, I believe that 
the agents that are struggling the most with objections and constantly getting people trying to talk them down and renegotiate what they charge and all that stuff, they're the agents that just don't offer anything special. They, they don't offer anything that, that you know, they stand out above the competition with. Yeah. So if you're just like everyone else, yeah, why wouldn't somebody just try to get the cheapest, yeah. right? If, it, if it's all the same thing, if you haven't done a good enough job of explaining why and how you're different, the client's not going to see that you're different. So of course they're going to try to get it cheaper. So it doesn't surprise me. To be honest, like this is a, probably a little bit controversial, but sometimes if I list a home and I'm spending 5,000 plus, I'm going all out on marketing it, making the home look amazing, making sure it gets out to the right buyers and some buyer's agent who's new and doesn't know what they're doing, they offer on it and they get paid the same as I do. Sometimes I'm like, I should be getting paid way more than you. Like I'm the one spending the money. I'm the one doing the work to get this listing out there. I feel like I should get more. And so I kind of feel like sometimes it doesn't necessarily make sense anyways. Like maybe it should be where um, you pay your buyer's agent based off of how good of a job they're doing for you. You know, like I'm not discounting my listing side because I know everything I put into it. But if one buyer's agent like gets a call from Zillow and like makes 3%, showing them one house. I'm like, that doesn't really make sense to me. I feel like I should get paid more than them. But anyways, I know that's a little bit controversial, but I could see, you know, I see why there's some, it's in question, you know, how buyer's agents get paid and I could see it changing for sure. It's all good. Yeah. It's all going to change, but it's hard to argue with what you just said, right? When you, when you go so far above and beyond and you've, you paid up front for all these marketing expenses and, and you're doing all this effort, you know, countless hours. And then, you know, some, some agent that just got their license last week comes in and, you know, they're getting the same paycheck as you. Yeah. I can understand uh, a little heartburn over that. And, uh, any rational, honest thinker would. Um, it's all changing somehow, some way. But the best agents who provide the best value and make it clear to the consumers that they provide that value are going to be just fine, like you are. Yeah. The good buyer's agents are 100% worth it in negotiating and finding the off-market deals and protecting the buyer and their earnest money, making sure they're getting a good deal. The good buyers agents that have been doing this and you know who know what they're doing are worth it for sure but it's the ones that don't know what they're doing and um just get lucky and like i end up doing the work for both sides anyways that i'm like honestly i should get paid more than you but how it's set up right now i'm not yeah the the great agents i think you're going to be paid more like i think great agents will end up making more money as all of these changes happen over the next few years or whatever it is, but it's the crappy agents that are in trouble it's because like, why hire you? Like why hire you over someone else? It, you have to differentiate yourself. And if you are great, there's a lot of great agents, but they do a crappy job of packaging it up and telling people what they do on their behalf. Uh, it's so all of this stuff, this whole conversation is very helpful if you take it to heart and and make some changes and think, you know what? I'm pretty great. I do all this stuff, but I could do a better job of packaging it up and selling it and showing people that we offer all this so that they know. Because yeah, we could talk about this for a while, but um, I want to I want to go next to what you're doing business wise because your your marketing game is just is awesome and you've kind of iterated and and you're you're listing videos and everything have changed a little bit from the, 
you know, from the viral audio clips, but you're also growing a team now, right? Like you're, you're now turning, you know, this, you, you were just selling houses by yourself and you were doing it at a high level, but now you're building a real estate business. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. I just got to the point where I physically and realistically could not do everything myself. So, um, I did it in a different order than you're supposed to. I brought on a lead buyer's agent first and then, um, a transaction coordinator. And now I have a full-time admin who is um, doing things behind the scenes, anything on the computer, so we can be out in front of people, you know, helping our clients and um, putting in um, the work being face-to-face with them. Um, but yeah, mine was just kind of a forced, I never planned to build a team personally. I just got to the point where I literally couldn't handle everything myself. And so I wanted to be really careful about hiring people who I knew would do an amazing job and um who i could work with to help everybody that wants help and give everybody the same level of service so i'm not dropping the ball in different areas and they've been awesome i've had me and malaysia have been working together now for um over a year and she's been amazing we just brought on mia who's also absolutely she knocks it out of the park um buyers in particular i'd say love her they love working with her they love going out and seeing homes with her Um, But I just wanted to make sure that everybody had all the attention that they needed and I wasn't dropping the ball anywhere. And so it's been awesome. So give some more advice to those who are thinking they know that they need to start hiring. You need to start creating some leverage and outsourcing the activities onto someone else's plate. What are, what are some of the mistakes that you made early on and, and give us some tips on how to start hiring the right people the right way. I would say, um, the first thing you absolutely should do is a transaction coordinator. When I was a single agent, I remember thinking, Oh, I don't want to pay 250 bucks for somebody just to do this paperwork. Like I can just do it myself. And now looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that was the, how did I not do that? Like on every single deal, you know, from the very beginning. Um, and then it got to the point where we needed not only a full-time transaction coordinator, but somebody that I could get on salary to help with other things like, the email marketing, um, you know, the seller updates, just like anything on the back end. Um, so I would say for sure, hire a transaction coordinator to make sure all the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted, and you know, all the paperwork is exactly how it needs to be. And then um, from what I hear, you should just hire somebody on salary first, like a full-time assistant before bringing on a buyer's agent. But for me, it ended up working out fine just to have a buyer's agent and a transaction coordinator for a while. Maybe it was just because Malaysia was awesome, Um, but um, probably hiring somebody full-time on salary to help get things systemized on the back end first would have been best. Um, I just, you know, at the time had kind of a scarcity mindset. I'm like, well, what if all this stops and then I have to pay somebody on salary? And then, you know, I liked the idea of a buyer's agent because I'm like, oh, here, I just have a ton of deals to give you. Like, of course, this is going to be a good deal for everybody and I'm never going to be worried about, you know, making a paycheck. Um, so anyways, it worked out fine for me, but if you can stay in an abundance mindset and just do what you know is working for getting deals, probably smartest to hire an admin slash transaction coordinator first, and then bring somebody on because ideally they should be helping you get more business because they're taking care of things that you don't have to spend your time doing anymore. And you can spend your time getting more deals. 
Right. Absolutely. Well, give us some advice on picking when you're ready for it, picking great buyer's agents or listing specialists to, uh, to help with the workload. Um, I disked everybody like the disc assessment from Keller Williams. Um, you don't want somebody that's like, that's like you, which I know is super tempting. It was tempting for me. You want somebody that you relate to and who seems awesome, but like I needed somebody who is great at organization and just like wasn't like the bubbly buyer's agent that was going to be out, you know, in front of everybody. I needed somebody who was organized and systemized to help me um, where I don't do as well, where I struggle on like the organizational side. And then for the buyer's agents, you do want somebody, I think it's, uh, it's a D uh, I think it's high C is the one where there you want them to be really good with people. Um, because they're going to be out there interacting with your clients and you want to make sure that your clients are having a good time, like out showing homes with them, that they're going to be hustlers. They're going to like be scouring the market for deals that they're going to protect them, but also somebody that, that, you know, is, is really great with people, your admin, you just want somebody who's organized. And so I, I use the disc assessment. I think that's great for anybody hiring. Um, so yeah, the smart, yeah. So I'm a high D and I don't know what I S or C even means. <laughs> and whenever I'd made, whenever I've done hires, I hired someone to take care of the disc profile assessment thing for other people. Cause like my brain doesn't work that way. Like I, I too would be like, Hey, I like you. You seem cool and competent and you, you want to crush it. So let's go. Yeah. And that's not always the best. Yeah. I have a lady who she'll analyze the whole disc assessment for you and she'll actually compare your disc assessment to theirs. And it'll tell you like, how you'll work well together, what you'd want to like remember when you're having conversations with them. And so it was super helpful. Her name was awesome. Jeanette Gramp. She's awesome. If you ever need somebody to look over a, a new hires uh, disc for you. So what's, what's next for you and your team then? How do you see this thing going? I see it um, just getting more and more organized where we're a well-oiled machine. We actually just started using a company called Mosaic. Have you heard of them? I think so. What what do they do? I know the name. They're like or, transactional organization. So it's basically like a Monday or a Trello where you Monday. have, yeah. So they have um, the transaction checklist on who exactly is doing what you check it off as soon as you do it, the order that everything goes in. And so we see, okay, what am I doing? What is the buyer's agent doing? What is the admin doing? And we're checking it off as we go. So we're getting that dialed in and systemized with them right now so that everybody knows exactly what their role is, exactly what they're doing. Um, and then right now I have my admin systematizing our CMA. So um, we have everybody categorized very specifically um, on their timeline, where they're looking, um, how long they've been looking for, what their price range is, and then also all of our past clients. So they're automatically getting the birthday updates and the anniversary updates. And, um, our CMA is once we get that dialed in, I think it's just going to be so much easier in, um, like new business, putting them into the system, putting them into mosaic as soon as they're ready to go and just being able to handle more business. Cause right now we're kind of at the, at our max. Like I don't, for a while, I'm like, I don't even think like I was not even getting back to listings sometimes. I'm like, I have so many right now. Like I need to just focus on the ones that I have. Um, but with these systems dialed in, I think we'll be able to take on even more and then focus on like, we're not even really advertising ourselves at all. Like I said, we're just getting business from referrals and like the listing videos I'm doing. 
Um, so I think that'll allow us to to expand our marketing even more and be able to take on more business. And hopefully I'll be able to expand my team. Eventually, I would love to do that once everything is systemized and we're a well-oiled machine. It's cool to hear you talk about the importance of organization though. I mean, I'm going through something similar. I hired somebody who who's very organized. They're very operations minded because I'm not. I'm an ideas person. I'm a, I'm a visionary type guy and I just want to do all the things and then I have no idea how to actually do them. So she's helped me like I've implemented monday.com as like our, um, what do you even call that? I don't know. The organizes tasks and everything like that, right? It's kind of like Trello. And then uh, we're using Domo for like analytics and dashboards and, and all this stuff. And like, I'm, I'm finally feeling what it's like to have a, a solid foundation of, of data and then, and stuff that is organized you have tasks, you have reminders so that nothing falls through the cracks. And it's like, holy crap, like what I can build a business off of this because bef before, and you were probably at this point where if everything's just bouncing around in your head, you're losing so much. Yeah. Like, you can't do it all. Like it, you could be yeah. very high functioning with all the tasks bouncing around in your head. But then when you go to hire somebody, it's all in your head. It's a problem. Yes. For brain types like us, it's, at least for me, it's so extremely painful to go into my CMA and like categorize everything, like put birthdays and anniversaries in there. Like my brain, I'm like, I want to be out in front of people. I want to be coming up with ideas to get my listing sold. I want to be out with buyers. I want to be networking, getting more deals. I love that. And I love coming up with creative ideas um, to grow my business, to get my listing sold. And that's what I'm good at. And it's so painful for me to do the back end stuff and like organizational stuff. So um, having somebody that is good at that is how you blow up. I, I love it. So last, last question, give us a big mistake that you've made as you've been growing your, as you've been building your brand into a business, what's a big mistake you've made. And then what's something that you absolutely did right? I would say, um, a big mistake is not putting these systems in sooner because like I said, I've let so many deals fall through the cracks because I felt like I had to do everything. And I felt like I had to be there for every single one of our 20 clients at all times, um, instead of delegating more and getting the systems into place where they're taking care of, everybody knows exactly what they're doing. If I would have done that sooner, I would have made more money last year because I definitely let stuff fall through the cracks. I didn't get back to people. Even my husband, Mike, who you've Matt was like, did you get back to this person? They said they texted you. I'm like, oh my gosh, like a million dollar deals. It's crazy, actually. It's sickening, especially now that like, you know, we're in January where like now I'm like, okay, I can like get back to these people. I'm like, hey, remember you wanted to sell your home like back in September? They're like, yeah, we didn't hear back from you. You know, it was ridiculous. So now being systemized, having everything tightened up, um, I think I'll, I'll just be able to kill it. And so I'm excited for that. And um, something I've done right when growing my business is being all in on my clients and my listings and literally putting myself in the buyer's shoes. Who is the avatar for this home? What would they want? How do I make it look amazing across social media? How do I get eyeballs on this home and just give my clients the absolute best service? I want to be no question the best agent in Utah. And I want to be referred to everybody because everyone was just, you know, thought I did an amazing job. Um, 
And so I think I did a good job on, on focusing on the stuff that I do have and making sure that I, that I did a great job for them and got referrals. Um, but systemizing everything to be able to get more is what I could have done better and what we're working on. Yeah, I, I certainly feel that. You know, I, I fought organization and systems for so long because I thought I could out earn it or something. Like it, it makes no sense in hindsight, but at the time I'm like, well, if I just keep doing more and posting more and, you know, I'll, like it'll all work itself out. Well, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't. And yeah, you could be getting incremental success, but what if you, instead of just like making an extra 100K, you made an extra 1.5? Yeah. Right? Like it, it's, it's so crazy in hindsight. And I did make a lot more money, but I also almost lost my mind. You know, right. like I'm like, oh, I can do it all. Like I'm a powerhouse. Like I can do this, this, and this. I'm going to take care of everything. I'm a badass. Like I'm going to be the best agent in Utah. But it's like, nope, it got to a certain point where I was just like, you only have so much mental capacity to where it just becomes like a giant cloud of like, I am on my phone from like 6 a.m. to when I'm going to bed at night, just like getting back to people doing this, doing that, planning this post, creating this. And um, eventually, if you want to grow, you have to hand stuff off. It's just impossible. So you, you will lose your mind. I came close. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you what's, I'm going to ask you kind of a personal question because you're, you're a wife, you're a mother. How do you operate at such a high level in business and stay present as a parent? How do you do it? I delegate time for my kids. So I have a nanny from nine to five, um, Monday through Friday. My mother-in-law actually watches um, my boys on Thursday from nine to five. So I love that because they're with family. And then we delegate like little weekend trips or like yesterday we went up to Deer Valley and we skied with our kids. So I feel like when I'm with my kids, I'm so intentional and I love it. It's not like I'm stressed out or they're whining. Like I love the time I spend with them. And I feel like I'm a way better mom because I have this time that I'm spending with them that we're enjoying our time together. We're like playing family games or we're, you know, actually enjoying each other's company rather than being with my kids all day and like being stressed out and like trying to juggle everything at once. Um, so for me, I had to get past the point of feeling guilty of having help with my kids nine to five, but it's nice because I will be doing a lot of work from home. So if I have an hour, you know, I can have my nanny help with something we call her a house manager. So she can help with something around the house or, run errands. And then I can have that specific time focused on my kids. Um, and that's kind of how it helped me get over the guilt of how it's supposed to be being home all the time, because I'm like, I'm a way better mom when I have designated time with my kids and I'm enjoying it. So I love that. And, and look, and that, that's a real answer. Like you, it's the people that talk about this, like work life balance thing as if it's is that even possible? Like, I think you do your best, right? Like you're doing your best. Um, seems like you, you're, you guys are traveling a lot. Like you're doing a bunch of cool stuff as a family, but then you, you work your ass off too. Like is work-life balance just kind of bullshit or does everyone just have their own? Oh yeah. What is it? You're never going to have it perfect. You know, sometimes you're, it's, it, it comes in waves. Like I'm constantly, I'm constantly working, which maybe isn't good. But like yesterday, um, I actually got this tip from Paul Benson, but yesterday we're at Deer Valley. I'm enjoying my time with my family. It was such a great reset day for me. I loved it. It was such a good time. But on the lift, I'm lead generating. I'm like, where are you from? Where are you staying? Telling them about the Deer Valley expansion, telling them about these new cool deals that you can buy, telling them about the Marcella Tiger Woods golf course coming in. Like I'm still getting deals when I'm enjoying my time. I'm still thinking about, oh, 
hey, I love doing this. Other people that might want to move to Utah would want to know about this as well. Like, how can I get that message out to people or how can I add value even when I'm doing what I like to be doing? So I don't think it's necessarily a balance. I think I'm constantly doing everything, but I do have those designated times where I'm just doing stuff with family. Like if I have an hour, we're just doing games with our family or I'm just doing work stuff, but I'm kind of constantly juggling all of it. So if anyone figures out the balance, call me because I have not quite right. figured it out yet. You just do your best. You know, you, you do your best. I think that's uh, that's commendable. Paige, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Where can people find you? Anyone who's not following following you yet, where can they watch what you're doing and, and keep tabs on you and your growth? You can find me Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. It's at Real, Utah Real Estate Page. And um, yeah, same across the board, Utah Real Estate Page. Love it. Paige, always good to talk to you. It's cool to see you crushing it. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, at this point, your pen has probably run out of ink from all the notes you're taking. Good. What an amazing masterclass. Paige is, she's someone who, it, I don't mean this as an insult. Like she's, she's just someone who just keeps taking steps and she figures it out and makes some mistakes along the way and figures it out and just keeps stumbling her way ahead. And now she's built a, a large, successful real estate business and brand here in Utah, and she's become well-known in the industry. What an awesome what an awesome example to the rest of us that if you just keep taking steps and, and stumble forward, you can make something of yourself in this industry. It's absolutely possible. So I want you to be super encouraged today. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. If you have not yet shared the podcast with someone who needs to hear it, please do. If, if you got inspiration today, if you got inspired, if, if you if you learned something new, please share this with your team, with your broker, with a, a friend of yours in the industry, share it with a Facebook group, post it in your story, whatever, tag me, tag Paige, and uh, and help us to spread the word because more agents need podcasts like this. It's, in, it's really humbling how on a weekly basis, I'm getting messages from people that are like, hey, I just came across your podcast. It's refreshing because there's really not much else like it in the industry. I, t I wear that like a badge of honor. I don't want this to be just another real estate podcast with just you know interviews and stuff. Like It needs to be more. And, and I really appreciate you listening. So thank you for doing that. If you, if you find value in the show, please share it. And please, if you haven't yet, subscribe to us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple so that you get notified and you never miss an episode. And it also helps within the podcast, you know, the podcast algorithms out there helps our show to be seen by more people. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Take care.